Hello, welcome everyone to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Today we are taking a look at the brand new movie Night Books from Netflix. So we will have some spoilers. If you haven't watched it yet, you might want to go away and watch it now. And joining me today to discuss Night Books is my good friend Joe Weeks. Joe, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Hey, Dom. So good to be with you. Thank you for being here. So, what did you think of this movie? Well, you know, as you know, I had said, I'd come up with some movies that have been fun to rewatch, but I said, hey, how about you just assign me maybe a newer uh, movie that fits into the scary category? I was pretty shocked, and I w I'll confess, not a tiny bit disappointed that you gave me basically a children's movie. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, my short answer is I wouldn't have watched this movie, and having seen it, I still wouldn't have watched this movie, but it's oh. one of those things where, you know, I have to grade it uh, for what it is, which, you know, I'm not the target audience, mostly. Uh, I'll bring, I, I may circle back to that, but, you know, it, it's designed for a, a tween, um, and it's a, a movie for a 12-year-old <laughs> as its primary audience, at least. Okay. Well, I chose it because it was, it's new. Right. And yeah. it's from the trailer, it looked like uh, it was going to be a well-made movie. I mean, I could tell it was a, for children, but I, it's got Kristen Ritter in it, and she's usually enjoyable. And it, I just thought it looked like right. it might be fun. Well, and, and it's rated well on Rotten Tomatoes, too. I mean, it's 85%, and that's typically my go-to for... You know, yeah, okay, I'll watch it if it's, you know, in <laughs> above 70, uh, I'll watch it. Well, I ran across one review that was speculating that it was too scary for children. What yeah, I made, uh, I mean, I had that thought too, was, I mean, it's clear, it's clear that the target audience, you know, is for young kids. That's why they cast kids being the actors, you know, even the action. It's like, you know, in Hunger Games, it's teenagers fighting the games because teenagers are their target audience. Or uh, I just read, oh, what is the book I just read? Um, where the young kid, they train, I told you I was reading Esper. They train the kid to save the world against the aliens, to be the general of all Ender, the armies. Ender's Game. Ender Game, yeah, I said Esper. <clears throat> yeah, Ender's Game. We, you know, the most absurd part of the movie is, of course, that it's just dumb that, in the book, that it's, you know, a kid doing this, but because that's the target audience to at least increase that audience. So it's made for kids, but there were scary, I wouldn't say a ton of them, but a couple that were like high on the, like, like visual scary even uh, image that was the stuff of nightmares right so but it's rated pg uh and but yeah there was a couple moments that if you're 12 or 10 year old was watching it was pretty scary yeah it's pretty intense in spots uh let me give a few stats here uh it's in color of course from this year 2021 directed by david yarovsky and it stars winslow fegley as alex lydia jewett as yasmin and uh, Kristen ritter as natasha and that's about it oh and a cat playing Lenore. Right. We, we briefly see Alex's parents at the beginning and the end, but it's pretty much just the three of them for the whole yeah. movie. Produced by Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert, two of my favorite producers. And it's based on a book by J.A. White, a children's book. So there you go. Yeah, see, see my earlier statement. <laughs> yeah. Well, I enjoyed it, and I guess I enjoyed it a lot more than you did. <laughs> I thought it was all very effective. Almost seemed like it could have been a series because of the Scheherazade nature of it. 
him telling her a right. story every night. It could have been dragged out into several episodes with a full-blown story. And I found the visuals during the story interesting, how it was just sort of a minimalist kind of cutout-looking set whenever he's telling one of his stories. This yeah, and I, I liked the shooting of it. I liked the color schemes that they picked, even like the choices they made when they would do a different color scheme for story world, you know? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I liked all that. So from filmmaking point of view, I think there was a lot I liked. I am mostly a writing and acting guy that's, that, that's what I mostly pay attention to when I'm thinking about a movie. And, and just when you're writing a children's book, or a children's script some sloppiness is allowed you know uh, for the sake of maybe even frivolity um and since you know of course i love jessica jones that kristen ritter's known for and i just thought her and it may have been the writing but i just wasn't i thought her as the witch was weird i didn't oh really it was clunky and and i didn't when i first saw her i thought there she looks it's like they they dressed the witch up to look 19. She looked so young. And maybe it was a consequence of the color stuff they were going for that made it, you know, give her a more youthful look. You know, we always think about the witch as being this old crank. And so she was, you know, it's weird to have a young hot crank. <laughs> I only ever watched one episode of Jessica Jones. I did not care for it. But I uh, did have seen her in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. So this movie was Don't Trust the Witch in Apartment 23. <laughs> right. Yeah, you've been saving uh, that line, she, I can tell. She's in an apartment rather than a big spooky house or something like that. But it's a magical apartment that can go to different uh, locations. It can open up into different places. The movie has a very Hansel and Gretel vibe to it. And then we find out later that that's exactly what's happening right until and i didn't pick up on that until you know when there were the early hansel and gretel references i just put it alongside with all the many many you know old scary story references that it had so it was a while before i i think probably really not until they discovered that they saw the hansel and gretel house and i think even then i didn't i thought maybe they're gonna see three or four you know, uh, references in that other little space wilderness forest that they were in. So it took me a while before. I guess it was oh. when I they went up to the house and I saw they were eating and I thought, okay, this whole thing is a Hansel and Gretel thing. So. You thought they might throw like Red Riding Hood or something into the forest. Yeah, well. I, I, I still, when we saw the gingerbread, I thought that's what it was going to, I thought that was going was gonna to happen oh. still. So. Huh, because when I saw but the preview, I, I actually, thought, oh, it's Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, I didn't watch the preview, so I don't watch okay. previews. There, there you uh, go. So I knew nothing about the story. I see. Uh, let's see. Anything else we need to cover here? Where well, I got lots to say. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Unload. I mean, uh, you know, when I said graded on a curve, I like, uh, you know, as a teen, I love teen angst movies. Even as a young adult, I love teen angst movies. I'm not a super fan that, you know, has kids, you know, that stuff. I'll move to tween angst movies, you know, what used to be angst movies and that content for you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds is now 10, 11, 12, and 13 year olds. I thought it fit. Yeah, it's a scary movie, but it also fit into that teen angst. Because, you know, at the end, you already give your spoiler alert, the big reveal of, you know, all, all along the whole movie. What happened? What, what, what happened to you that 
made you know Alex it made you want to give up your stories uh and it was just you know oh uh you know he didn't get invited to a party and people didn't show to his party you know I mean which, well which disappoints but of course we've all been there and in, in the in reality yes it is a disappointing I um, think though I think it had thing. just happened to him when the movie began though right that's correct yeah this wasn't a you know lifelong trauma I think it's the night of the party when he realizes yeah it is nobody's yeah. gonna um, show up so it's all pretty fresh when he gets captured and his decision right, to stop yeah. telling stories is pretty fresh I really that's like what I mean, the kids that's where it fits into a teen angst category so mm-hmm. I like the kids I thought they did a good job I thought they were both yeah a, I thought both appealing were good. Uh, I yeah. don't know what else. I didn't know either of them. Hadn't seen them before, but. No, I don't think I have either. They have some credits on IMDb, but wasn't really anything I recognized. <laughs> okay. But uh, I think they'll you probably know, I'm both. not 12. <laughs> I still uh, wouldn't recognize them otherwise, so. The other sort of thematic thing is it has that standard theme that someone's obsession, especially if it's a geek or nerdy kind of thing, gets treated as a disorder. Um, you know what I mean? So the reason for his angst is that, look, he likes watch scary movies and read scary stories and write scary stories, you know, and it gets and treated, you know, someone's obsession by an outsider gets treated as a disorder. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I love those themes in movies, so. So, speaking of obsession, can I mention how weird it is? The, well, I don't know if I guess it was the director. It would have been the director who's clearly obsessed with Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought the use of Cry Little Sister, I thought they made good use of it. Not yeah, only no, it doing great. it, but still, uh, yeah. Lost Boys is one of my favorite horror movies. Um, it was one of my favorite movies. I mean, you know, like when I was in college, if you'd asked me what was one of my top 10 movies, I would have said Lost Boys, no doubt. Um, yeah. The sequel's not so good. I never uh, even bothered. <laughs> well, the first the first sequel is just basically the same story. And then the second one is the kind of the return of the Frog Brothers. And it's just not great. It's a movie that should have been made, you know, 10 or 20 years earlier than it was. Yeah. And it just didn't turn out very yeah. good. I mean, taking a step back, it had tons of, um, you know, references, which is, you know, fun. And as a dad... I always loved it when kid movies threw a bone to the parent out there, you know, uh-huh. some humor that, you know, that would go over their head, but also refer. I mean, you know, I love it. Real references. Um, but it was a little like it was a little a lot. I mean, there was because, again, for the target audience, if it's a young person, they're not going to there was a ton of references and they're not going to they're going to know that they don't even heart really even know Dracula's story, much less all those posters, the thing and Nightmare on Elm Street and mm-hmm. Child's Play. All those were, you know, posters in his room. Right. They were sort of setting up his Alex's, you know, character and uh, and, and like uh, the Fangoria magazine, you know, kids uh-huh. don't know that i uh, think it still know. exists but yeah they probably well, don't. exactly right <laughs> probably don't but, buy well, it. all these movies still and these exist are all yeah they're all really old movies although these days with the streaming who knows what the kids see sure they might be sure. accessing all yeah. kinds of old crap and they're stumbling my favorite on in the room was the was the old Wolfman action figure <laughs> like it was like the original like the it was like a action figure from the 1940 whatever Wolfman mm. movie uh. I uh, 
I was watching it on my phone on my lunch break at work, so uh, you didn't catch those. I might have missed yeah. a lot of that. I may have to go back and watch it again. No, it uh, did a good job with visual referencing. It really did. Um, mm-hmm. Not just even at that the, that uh, beginning uh, scene so. that you know opened from the room and then the temper tantrum and then running out and then going mm-hmm. into the apartment. Uh, you you know you mentioned that the apartment and they sort of explicitly say it in the movie that part of the idea is that the apartment can go anywhere and even said that it's the apartment that lures them in. Is that part of the Hansel and Gretel ethos that it's not the witch who's luring? But no. No, she's. So I, I thought that was. It's always been. It's always implied they, that the witch has built the house out of candy specifically to lure right. children. That's what in. I would think. And Not there that wasn't the, really anything in the actual story that made it sound like made me. What I would conclude that the apartment had some kind of consciousness that was doing this. Right. Um, One, they don't explain either if the apartment is its own thing or if Natasha created it or if it is just a the original house manifesting a new facade, yeah. um, you know, I to, would, to I would adapt. I guess the latter was the idea in the writing because, mm-hmm. you know, since in the end you sort of discover we're still here in the gingerbread house. Yeah. You know, because they thought they had exited. Where is she going every day? I don't know. She goes out that door and they think it's to the out to the wild beyond but no it's just to the back room that is actually the pathway to the gingerbread house right though who knows if they kept and going so, how far they would have right and but, you know is so it is it a self-contained was, pocket universe or are they actually outside and if they kept walking would they end up in hamburg or someplace yeah i think maybe it's the forest can open gateways to other places right wouldn't that be kind Probably. of the idea not just Probably. the apartment because because the you know the, the young original witch you know she came in through that unicorn through presumably some other pathway because we don't even technically see the apartment travel anywhere else did alex's friend yasmin did she say it was an apartment or it was well she, she no she said it was an apartment but she got there from washington and i think right yeah alex is in new york i can't remember if we catch any glimpses of outside when she comes through the front door but i guess we would just if it's always going to another apartment building we would just see a hallway so that wouldn't really tell us anything Right. Yeah. So I wasn't sure that the it was actually the apartment that lured him. I, I mean, I loved that it had the he's just walking down the hall and he's tempted by the it was. Well, first of all, again, the obsession with Lost Boys It's Lost Boys playing on the TV. Yeah. The movie is playing on the TV, which, you know, we know he knows because he saw the poster in the room. So he goes in there and then he just sees a slice of pumpkin pie mm-hmm. and eats it. So I didn't at all pick up on that as a Hansel and Gretel reference. Uh, until when they're at the gingerbread house. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, and they fall asleep there. I'm like, that's actually how he got into all this was he ate, <laughs> you know, candy, yeah. but some, a slice of pie. And I, I kind of have the feeling that if he had not eaten, if he had turned around and left without tasting the pie, he would have got out. That sort of by acting. Right, I mean, he fell asleep. Consuming the pie that that um, is sort of sealing his fate. Right. But I, I thought that was a nice twist on it, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. It was still kind of the same thing. He liked Lost Boys. That lured him in in the same way that uh, the new witch, you know, said she was lured in by a unicorn because she likes unicorns. Yeah. And isn't his outfit at one point the same as uh, Frog Brothers from Lost Boys? Oh, you know, I didn't pick up when on that. when he's wearing sort of a denim vest, like a cut off jean jacket. I think he's meant to be 
and I didn't get a close enough look. I might do a comparison later to what it T-shirt. Wouldn't surprise he, me because I don't know what T-shirt yeah. he's wearing and if it's the same specific T-shirt as one of them. But I think but it was were, enough of the explicit references that I just thought it was weird mm. <laughs> that much <laughs> sort of you know homage to 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 Lost Boys because uh, most of the other movies you know horror scary movies were like older. Uh, they had Freddy Krueger in there, but you know. You know, I mean, had original Draculas and werewolves, and um, you know that sort of that sort of stuff. But you know what? Um, what really got me thinking, and and again, since I didn't read the preview, I didn't have a really much of a Hansel and Gretel reference going on in my mind. The expl- the references to Lost Boys was super explicit, but to me, the references or the feeling or the copycatting movie for me. Um, was Coraline. There were so many similarities in this story to, you know, the Coraline story, both play and the TV, or the musical and the TV, uh, or the movie uh, Hmm. as well. I mean, like a lot. I haven't actually seen it, so. So, um, have you seen the musical either? No, I know what it is. So, I probably have access to a copy somewhere. I know I bought it for my niece one time, but I have not watched it myself. Yeah, if you had an open if you had an open slot for uh, October, I would suggest Coraline because it's different, but it's definitely a scary movie, uh, and uh, and it's targeted towards kids, but super awesome for adults as well. The movie's pretty good too. I mean, it's in some some places pretty close to the musical, but um, there's a there's an other world in the other world in Coraline. There's a other mother figure and father figure and this witch becomes like you know this matriarch of the house or the mother figure there's a cat who's the guide through the whole thing this magical cat like even to the extent that in the climax when they're trying to defeat the witch the villain in both movies the cat jumps on the the villain's face you know and scratches her face up you know distract to (laughs) save the kids uh i mean lots of lots of sort of Coraline. Uh, thematic and sort of visual similarities. Like even the witch, the original witch, when she's getting up, she's got that rigor mortis effect thing, you know, going. That's straight mm-hmm. out of some of the stuff at Coraline as well. But anyway, that was uh, fascinating to me. I was in the Coraline that Mark Tenniswood did uh, here in Odessa. So Okay. The book Night Books came out in, is copyrighted 2018. So maybe he was influenced by Coraline. I'm pretty sure Coraline's older than that. No, it is. Yeah, somebody was influenced. I don't know if producer director or one of the visual people but uh right it's hard to tell sometimes if uh they're influenced by that or if both things were correct taking from yep. some third older thing yeah because there's just this and the, cultural and, stew yeah, and the director and the writer yeah the director and writer were clearly putting references in when they could as well like you know natasha the witch has these freddy krueger like claws <laughs> uh gloves you know yeah, um, Lenore the cat, you know the Raven cat. Well, that's a yeah, it's a Poe Poe reference. <laughs> the the kid Alex says his nickname is Creepshow, right? And that's oh yeah, a, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a, a horror Stephen anthology. King movie. Yeah, Stephen King, right? Yeah. I've been working with a five pumpkin scale on rating these movies. So on a scale of one to five, what would you? give this one i mean for me i I, like just watching it as me would be three if it's for a 13 year old kid at least a four okay yeah i most movies get a three from me but i was gonna give this one a three and a half because uh i really i I enjoy maybe even a four because i i'm gonna say i liked it three is it was okay and four is i liked it and uh 
I'm going to go ahead and say yeah, I like okay. it. Okay, so for me it was okay. There were just too many. We're going to this is we're just going to this is just going to be sloppy because it's a kids movie thing that just held me back, you know, the mm-hmm. the invisible cat pooping on the plate, uh, the kid <laughs> That was you know, this huge library of a, a million books and pulls this one off the shelf and says, this is the oldest book in the library. It's like, what <laughs> what criteria by which are you saying this is the I, I think oldest he just book assumed in the library? That the newest ones were at the bottom and the oldest ones were at the top. <sighs> I think by just I mean, quickly okay. perusing them, he had come to that conclusion. I could go on like those little thorny creatures, <laughs> you know, that were hatching in the little nighttime garden. You know, yeah. they're like, OK, so careful. Don't drop them from this high height. <laughs> and yet then carefully sit on the ground and then stomp it. That's how we kill it. It's like, well, how about why don't you just throw it from the high height to start with? The, right. you know, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so, so, Joe, you're saying you that. don't. And, organize your books chronologically i don't by, by publication uh, date oh right yes there's a great brian regan uh, comedy bit he does about his ocd that's so good about that i uh, saw an instagram post or something recently where someone had decided to arrange their games by color on their uh, box like boxed tabletop uh, right. board games on yeah. their shelf arrange them all by color and he was quite happy with the result well, what other what other way is there to arrange tabletop games? Um, I don't know. Length I, of time to play, I would think. I, Casual, 15-minute <laughs> games. I think I tend to just arrange them by the size of the box, which ones Yes, ours fit. are arranged, yeah, that can size-wise fit in there. Well, uh, thanks thanks for joining me today, Joe. Is there anything you, you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, nope. Nope, just okay. happy to... Be a, you know, touch the star that is Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Thank you very much. Uh, folks, you can message us at MonsterMovieFunTimeGo at gmail.com, or you can leave a voice message on our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash MMFTG. And as always, we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Whoosh.